SEN Summer Brecky here, Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis with you. It is the 30th of January, 2024. And MC, you've come with the knowledge, as always. What's um, happened on this day? Um, in 1971, Dennis Lilly makes his debut for Australia, taking 5 for 84 against England. Legend. Mm-hmm. In 1975, Erno Rubik's applies for a patent for his magic cube invention. <laughs> Later known as the Rubik's Cube. How do you go on? Oh, you know, the like competitions where they go for record times and stuff. You could give me all the time in the world. I'm still not coming up with a Rubik's Cube finished. Nothing that you worked on during rain delays or oh, hanging yeah. in the sheds? I mean, yeah, worked on them. Yeah. No doubt. Giving them a few cracks. Zero result. You? What? Nah, not my go. <laughs> One of your old teammates, Mitchell Stark. He's 34 today. Yes. Did you send him a text or? Happy birthday, Starkey. I saw him yesterday at the airport. We had a coffee before we left. Um, so, no, so no text. I'll send him a text today, yeah. <laughs> Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> and it's the birthday of former Wallabies coach, Eddie Jones. Happy 64th birthday, Eddie. And thank you for bringing us such gold as this. I don't know what you're talking about, mate. I said no, mate. I've had no discussion with him, mate. I haven't been speaking to anyone, mate. I've never had a job offer from Japan, mate. There's no offer. So is Japan an option? <laughs> I don't know. You have to ask Sydney Morning Herald. They seem to know more than me. And they did. Uh, they is it, in know. fact, his birthday or did that <laughs> never happen? Oh, look, well, Eddie, we hope you're doing well. Uh, yes. Happy birthday. Because, we, you know, it is your birthday. You deserve to celebrate that, but... And we're going to join in the celebration for Eddie. So if you've got uh, a birthday <laughs> message for Eddie, please text us through on the open line at 0457-736-736. Love that. Uh, we're going to get some interesting ones, no doubt. Uh, maybe even from us. Uh, time now to farewell those of you listening on SENQ 693am in Brizzy. Pat and Heels are coming up out of the break. If you're listening on SEN 1170am here in Sydney, stay with us straight after the news. We'll hear from Aussie coach Andrew McDonald on Australia's batting lineup moving forward. Plus, the next instalment of Michael's NRL players under pressure heading into season 2024. Uh, we have a segment to get to here. Uh, it's everyone's favourite morning moment. It's MC's players under pressure. We need a sting for it. Maybe it's your laugh. Maybe it's. <laughs> 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 uh, we got the Eels and the Storm today. Players under pressure. Do you want to start with the Eels? Yeah, the the Eels. Um, obviously, off the back of a really disappointing year last year for. Lots of factors in terms of injuries and suspensions. And one of those players that were suspended was Dylan Brown um, for an off-field incident and, and missed a large chunk of the season and just didn't find his groove at, at the back end of, of the year like a lot of the Parramatta players. It was really good for the Kiwis um, against the Kangaroos. Um, and I... Dylan Brown, at his best, is such a free-flowing, natural run-in 5'8". And yeah. I, I love the freedom that Mitch Moses can give him because Mitch Moses is, is that organiser, that senior voice, the, the guy that directs him around the field. And um, we lost Dylan's running game a bit last year. And without that, he's just not impactful. 
So, you know, defensively, he's still outstanding. He's one of the best defensive halves in the game. Um, but if he can find that running game again and clear his head and, and be that um, sort of player that can create opportunities for, for his outside backs, he adds a massive um, element to, to that Parramatta attack. And they need him because I don't think they have a lot of spark with the footy, Parramatta. They don't get much out of nine. Mitch Moses is a really good player. Clint Gutherson is a heart and soul. You know, you know, he'll be there when opportunities are created. Yeah. But they don't have that speed in that back line. They don't have, and this is why they always talk about this X factor and the like for for Parramatta to try and, and solve some of their problems. And they just don't have that. But Dylan Brown at his best now is coming into the sweet spot in terms of his age and number of games. He's vastly experienced. Um he can be the one to ignite Parramatta to, to be in a, a finals contender again. What do you think, Eels fans? one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Do you agree with Michael Karianis? Dylan Brown, the key to success for the Eels. Uh, and I guess the player under pressure term can be the superstars mm. needing to just go from 90% to 98% of yeah. their capacity. And it can be the difference in a season, can't it? Definitely, because... You know, there's no doubt he's amongst their best players, amongst their highest paid players. Yeah. Um, so for Parramatta to have any form of, of success, Dylan Brown needs to, to get back to his best. What about the Storm, mate? Uh, the player that comes to mind. So this is a different approach to what we're doing at um, what I what I spoke about at Parramatta. Because in, in Melbourne, there's no doubt that their key players are Hughes, Munster, Grant, and hopefully a fit and fire in Pappenhausen. Oh, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, right? Like, I'm not going to put Pappenhausen under the play under the most pressure because everyone just wants to see him get through yeah. a, a season fit. And if he's fit, you know, he's going to have a huge impact. Melbourne, my criticism for Melbourne is around their forward pack. They just, as a collective, failed to make a dent in the opposition last year. So I've nominated Christian Welsh. Um, he's their senior player. He's their co-captain. He's a guy that um, at his best a couple of years ago developed this late offload um, that the likes of, you know, Harry Grant and, and then back then Brandon Smith and those guys could feed off. Um, he missed, he played one game in 2022 off the back of a torn Achilles and I just thought he looked slow last year. I, I just thought that um, player that, that played Origin um, a, a couple of years ago and, you know, would have played for the Kangaroos if it wasn't for COVID and, and lack of test matches, he would have played for Australia mm. um, at the back end of those seasons a, a couple of years ago and didn't get that opportunity because of test football wasn't on. But, yeah, I think he just slowed up a bit and lost some of his impact. And without that... Um, late offload, um, I, I, you know, even, you know, defensively, he, he missed a few more tackles than he had last year, uh, than, than he had before last year. And so I've just got some concerns around um, Christian's ability to get back up and become a force again. Yeah, interesting. Uh, and he's a guy that is revered amongst players, uh, loved by teammates, not yeah, just within guy. the storm, yeah. but around the collective and, and often speaks out about the big issues in the game. Seems like a ripping bloke. No, he's a good guy. Always articulate, always 
measured. Um, and, you know, at his best two or three years ago, he was one of the best props in the game. But um, they just need him to – they need someone to help Nelson out because Nelson is that dynamic forward to a comma Kamitha has shown that he can do it, but hasn't yeah. had that, hasn't found that consistency. And then outside of that, their forwards drop off. That's why they bought Sean Blood to add some punch, some much needed punch to that forward pack. Well, Eli Katoa was actually pretty mm. good in patches last year as well. And yeah. um, he can be that guy that can yeah. bend back the line, has an offload um, tackle buster. So interesting times for both Dylan Brown and Christian Welsh. There's MC with his own segment, the players under pressure. <laughs> Very good as always. We'll use that sting, the laugh, every time you do that as well. Okay, but, great. Yeah. <laughs> very good we're here for Brighton's lawyers unable to work due to injury or illness contact Brighton's lawyers a high chance of showers today across Sydney becoming less likely tonight we're heading for a top of 29 degrees in the city and 30 in the west plenty more to come here on SEN Brecky with Michael Carianis and Trent Copeland in just a moment the latest sports bet prices and later this hour former Aussie NFL players Colin Scott's Welcome back to Breakfast with Trent Copeland and Michael Carianis and Copes. Plenty of text on the Edgewater Homes text line um, sitting around the cricket still. Dan says, bowler rotation needs to happen in five test series. Reason why we lost to India and the Ashes last year and this year. The bowlers are cooked by that stage. Case in point, they're no longer fast bowlers. They're medium fast bowlers at best nowadays. Oh, man. The, the bowls were outstanding yeah. this summer. And they, they bowled the house down at the Gabba. Yeah. So, and, I mean, we did a piece looking particularly at the GPS data on Mitchell Stark the other day. Having bowled 22, uh, 22 overs, did over 24 kilometers in the day. And his last over, he was bowling up towards, he bowled 152k an hour ball in the last over of the day mm. with a second new ball. So, I mean, I, I don't mind the premise of talking about the need to have everyone fresh. That's fair. Yeah. But saying that they were medium paces or didn't bowl well this summer, I, I think it was all batting the reason why some of these matches were lost this summer. Matt from Penrith, we touched on this yesterday a little bit if Australia didn't declare the first innings and the first wicket punches uh, and the final wicket punches out 15 to 20 runs which was the margin in the end the Aussies might have won would we still be talking about the batting lineup the the decision to declare I thought it was a good one I thought it was the right one me too all right yeah we text you saying move on gents cricket's over uh <laughs> fair enough fair enough but it's still That's Brent Reid's mate Lionel <laughs> We're getting uh, lots of reaction to press conferences, opinion on series generally. Mm. I, to be honest, I love that people are just talking test cricket yep. and the storylines that we got over the last little while. But we also have been talking NFL off the back of the championship matches yesterday, the AFC and NFC championship matches. The Kansas City Chiefs, too good for the Ravens, and the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, getting the job done over the Detroit Lions. We have a special guest. We've got Colin Scotts, 
the first Australian to win a football scholarship in the USA, played in the NFL. Have a listen to this. Cardinals clamp down. Colin Scott's the first Australian in the NFL on his first NFL sack. Scott said he's going to try his famous kangaroo hop if he gets a sack today. <laughs> but he, I said, hey, you can't do that in the NFL. It's illegal. He said, I'll tone it down and call it the crocodile yawn. Now, check this out. The crocodile yawn and Colin Scott's. <laughs> I love that stuff. Uh, Colin, good morning to you. How are you? Yeah, trend-like morning to you, boys. It was a long time ago, but, uh, yeah, great memories. Great memories, yeah. Great the memories indeed. Go figure. <laughs> <laughs> very good, very good. Hey, were you watching the games yesterday? And I guess, do you sit back as a former player now and are you a fan of the teams that you played for or do you actually watch different teams now and support different people? Yeah, good question. I'll always have a heart for the Cardinals. You know, that was my team that selected me and drafted me. And then, of course, the Houston Oilers don't exist anymore. But I follow the Cardinals. Unfortunately, they're, they're uh, a very much a losing program, but I love them. But funny enough, I do go for the 49ers um, and just happy to see them in the grand final. In saying that, I was really sad for Detroit, you know, the way this season and the battlers and how they were, you know, Zero and 16 four years ago and three and 13. And the way they've come back, the whole program, and it was, would have been a fairy tale. But, yeah. no, good for the 49ers. It's going to be great, you know, a great clash in Kansas City. What can you say? Four out of the five last Super Bowls. And uh, we get Taylor Swift. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> Copes is a big 49ers fan. And he was touching on Brock Purdy and his rise um, you know, you probably can't have two more contrasting players in terms of where their careers are, in terms of dollars and cents in, in Pat Mahomes and, and Brock Purdy going head-to-head. How does that? How do you see that battle playing out? Yeah, look, Purdy, what, what a great story, you know, and a man of faith and, you know, you know, God bless him. He's just a very calm operator and just he doesn't get ahead of himself. He's, look, he's not the greatest runner of all quarterbacks, but, you know, he's just proven everybody that... Uh, he could be a great uh, long-term solution here, quarterback. After a lot of a lot of quarterback trying at the 49ers, he has really stood up, and yeah, he's been he's been one of the best quarterbacks without doubt. If you look at his stats last even six weeks, he's, he's the best quarterback in the NFL. So, and Mahomes, of course, you know what can you say? Just unpredictable. Can run the ball. Can pass at all angles. Can he could just change a game in a second, and and he, you know. He didn't have his greatest year this year. He really relied on the defense, so that's been a great saviour for him. But noticing, his, you know, the last couple of weeks, he's really getting his mojo back. And you can never doubt, you know, Mahomes. We're looking at one of the great quarterbacks of all time, you know, and and, and, and a great legacy for the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, good point. Uh, when you look at the matchup, and, and obviously from your experience playing defensive end, uh, do you think the San Francisco front seven can actually overcome what Pat Mahomes is? Because we're looking at a guy that's going to go down in history alongside the likes of Tom Brady, if not he's already in that conversation. Do you think it's the front seven for the 49ers that can win or lose the game in the Super Bowl? 
Absolutely, it is the front seven. It is the best front seven in the NFL. But I've seen it all before, boys. And every time I think, you know, they're going to get to him, it doesn't matter. Even if they put pressure, he's so agile. He's, I haven't seen anybody really contain him. He's just, you know, the 49ers have got a great, great defensive line. There's, there's no debate there. But again, I just think, God, if you're a betting man, you just cannot, you know, especially with Andy Reid, the coach, and, you know, Kelsey, the best tight end in, in, in the business. And, and Mahomes and him have got, Mahomes and Kelsey have got the best one-two relationship. And, and those two are just totally in tune to each other and unstoppable, unstoppable. I really believe Mahomes is just that type of freak quarterback. He's just put a whole new dimension into it where he's actually a running back, you know, He's not just a throwing machine. He's just the way he runs. He's so elusive that he's he's actually a running back threat. So it's a, he's changed the whole. You know, you look at the Bradys and all that, and they're all stand back quarterbacks. They just stand there and they're accurate throwers. But Mahomes is an accurate thrower, but he's just so agile and he runs and gets that first down. You mentioned um, that relationship between Kelsey and, and Mahomes. It it looked like. They were out of sorts, you know, what, six weeks or so ago. What have you seen um, or how have they been able to turn it around? Yeah, no, they really went through it. And, you know, maybe it's a blessing, you know, because they were rolling sort of along. And then, yeah, a lot of, a lot of, um, yeah, the, the franchise was in a real downturn, losing games in the last minute. Kelsey wasn't catching balls. And then, to be honest, the whole Taylor Swift thing blew up and, mm. You know, they were saying that Kelsey's not focused and coaching him were having issues and Mahomes was running off and mouthing off after that game they lost and blaming the refs and it was just ugly. And you know what, it was ugly and, and but they hit the low point and, and credit to the organisation and, and coach Andy Reid. He's, he's got everybody back. Kelsey seems to be happy again and what, you know, they're, they're in tune again, you know, as, as great teams do. They lift when it's all about, you know, the, the, the business part of the year. And they're certainly, you know, they weren't too impressive against, you know, the, the Ravens. But, um, you know, they, 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 they got it done. That's, that's, that's what they're doing. And, and um, I, I, unfortunately, I think they're probably going to get it done against the 49ers. Yes, I love that you said unfortunately. Well done. Uh, what about <laughs> just generally when you, when you look at the NFL these days and you obviously played in the league yourself, are you... Looking at the league and thinking the changes, much more pass-heavy game these days, do you like where the NFL is at more broadly at this point? Yeah, I think, like anything, guys, and it's faster too, you know. They've got to snap the ball in, you know, less than 30 seconds. And so everything's drilled on everything. Everybody wants more entertainment. And, you know, what everyone loves passing, you know, but... The same old thing. You've got to. Have, there's two things you can do: is run or pass in the NFL, and you've got to. You can't, cannot be too predictable on the pass because the defenses know it, they read it, and and they they have schemes to stop it. So you've just got to keep it balanced. But yes, the NFL, you know, even college now, you know, they're just all passing orientated. You know, it's a lot easier to get you know yardage over the top. But you know, you, you watch, mate. I mean. Uh, you were the 49ers. They've got a great running game. They'll, they'll really, uh, they'll really get some yards. They've got it. Like anything, you've got to get the yard. You've got to get the yard. 
and then take the pressure off the quarterback. So then it's a, you know, if it's a third down, it's short and two and three instead of eight because it's a, you've got to keep the defense thinking. You cannot be just sticking pass, otherwise you get snapped. And, and just finally, mate, is it your heart with the 49ers or your head with the Chiefs? Who's going to take out the Super Bowl in a couple of weeks' time? Uh, mate, I'm a, I love the 49ers. I can't, and I'm, I'll be honest, man, I'm sick of Kansas City. I, I, just, <laughs> I, I, just, I just am. I, I hate them. I hate them. But if I'm betting right now, I'd definitely say Kansas City. I just think that they've got... Their defense is unbelievable right now, as I said, and Kelsey and and, and uh, you know they're just they're just finding their form right now. So yeah, definitely for probably forty. I'd love the forty ers to win. It's been a long time between drinks, and you know, sick of Kansas City. But if I'm betting, I'd go Kansas City. Oh, I love your work, defensive end in the NFL yourself, and I've loved hearing your opinions on the game today. Played for the Cardinals. All over the 49ers, but it could be the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Colin, thanks so much for your time this morning. Pleasure, Trent, Mike. All the best, mate. Let's hope we get a good game. Yeah, let's hope. Let's hope we do. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. SEN Summer Brekkie with Trent Copeland and Michael Carianas, Tuesday the 30th of January, 8.04am in Sydney. It's going to be a nice day. There's a few showers around and it's going to be pretty hot as it has been. It feels like it has been for a couple of weeks. You sound like the Bureau of Meteorology, the, the bomb. Wow. If you're going to have a crack at me, at least get your <laughs> You said it's going to be a nice day, rain, hot. What's doing? Well, that Somewhere is... in between. <laughs> I'm just reading the forecast, mate. Don't let the missile hear that because he's off the bomb. Okay. Righto. Jeez, I didn't expect that harsh feedback this morning. <laughs> Come at me for being a woke apologist cricketer, but not, not a Bureau of Meteorology. Kiwi anthem <laughs> uh, Very good. You're listening to SEN 11.70am here in Sydney. We are filling in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy. They are bo- The boys are back. Monday, February the 12th, Super Bowl day. They're coming back, uh, working, no doubt, and then straight into Super Bowl mm. uh, for that day. Uh, Joel and Fletch make their return uh, for 2024 this afternoon from 3 p.m., which we can't wait for that one. And good to have Jimmy Smith back on SEN yesterday, uh, which is a nice little segue because he came back with a bang. And it's topical given we've been talking about Shamar Joseph, the Windies win against Australia at the Gabba. Let's just take a listen. Jimmy had some opinions on playing test match cricket over four days instead of five. Never have I been more clear about the fact that there need to be four-day test matches for cricket. Think about the benefits. What do we deprive ourselves of by not having a fifth day? Instead of having, let's call it 11 to 6, so seven hours of play, we've got eight hours of play. I'm going to make these test cricketers play from 10 till 6 p.m. So you've got an extra hour's play throughout the course of the day. That's an extra 15 overs. You multiply that by four, you've got 420 overs. So you're only 30 overs less. And the last two test matches that we've seen played, it's way short of 420 overs. Were they thrilling test matches? Yes. Okay. 
I'll let you unpack this. Jimmy, firstly, I love, I actually love and encourage opinions that drive the game forward. And playing four-day cricket is not a new one in the sense of a lot of people have suggested it over the years. What do we lose if you get any rain or any bad light throughout a four-day match? It is almost impossible without sporting declarations to have an interesting, gripping test match. So, Jimmy, whilst I love the premise, one of, when you went through all of your provisos and how it was going to work, the one thing that you don't get with this is the ability to have Sydney-style SEG test match rain and still come out with a result. You don't get, despite talking about spinners still coming into play because you play extra overs with the extra hour, mm. you simply don't get the wear and tear and deterioration of the surface that the extra day brings into play. So, look, it's one of those things where I'm all for discussion around it. Jimmy, I love how passionate you were about it. And I'm really interested to hear your thoughts. one 1170 and on the Edgewater Homes text line, 0457 736 736. But ultimately, what we saw and got from Shamar Joseph, there are countless times where that happens on the fifth day that would never have existed if we go this way. I do agree with some elements of it, though, because there's a Me fair too. bit of dead time in, in test matches where, you know, um, the over rates are slow, overs aren't getting in, the the madness of um, breaks in terms of tea or lunch when they haven't had a, a lot of play in a day yet. So there's lots of things where I actually agree with what Jimmy's trying to get across. But, no, I'm with you. I like five days. And we also then, in that example, the the hours that Jimmy's talking about extending, mm. they are also the hours where you have a buffer. If yeah. you lose any time in a yeah, match, you're true. starting half an hour early, you're playing half an hour later. With a red ball, it's simply just not possible then to extend play at any other point. Mm. So any time lost is an immediate... We're talking in Sheffield Shield games, which are four days, spinners having minimal impact in Australia. Yeah. It's hard to get spinners playing regularly and having wickets that turn. Then you're, if there's any delay, you're genuinely having to walk into the opposition change rooms and talk about, can we manufacture a result here mm. by putting both teams in a contest late in the game? Declarations, let's set this target. That's not what we want for test cricket. Yeah. It's a natural, methodical beast. And what we got the other day was brilliant. There is no doubt times where four-day test matches might work. And it might be the inclusion and uplifting of some of the extension nations, some of the nations that haven't played test cricket heaps. Mm. Maybe four-day tests are the answer. Yeah. But in actual fact, talking about explicitly test cricket as a whole, I don't think it works. What do you think? Tell us what you think. 0457 736 736. Uh, we've got some texts that have come in. Uh, MC, you want um, to roll a few of those? Yeah, the Logan Warrior. I miss a day's drinking on the sofa for I only do four days test. <laughs> Why has that become in vogue? But that's... Um, for good reason. <laughs> don't worry, I've done plenty of fake laughing this morning. Um, the Rev Talk. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. At your own jokes or at me? Um, g'day, Shaggers. Did you see the YouTube footage of Jimmy explaining his point of four-day test? Wow, I thought he was going to tear the studio apart. Love that. He was. In, he was we watched it. I love that. You know what? And as I said off the top, I am all for this opinion and I'm not hacking Jimmy down. I, yeah. I just have a different view. Um, but
but I love that he came with research. He said, uh, we didn't get it in that bit, but during that clip, watching him pace around the yeah, studio yeah. and putting up his notepad saying, okay, stay with me on the maths, <laughs> <laughs> working out the overrates and things like that. So it's, it is a topic worth discussing because the overrate stuff that Jimmy mentioned mm. definitely needs fixing. For sure. For the sure. chat around breaks and the best thing for the fan yep. is really, really important that yep. we embrace that. Yep. So tell us what you think on the text line. Oh, Port Macquarie Pearl, a bit harsh on Jimmy there, Trent. I mean, it's not like he's wanting to sing a national anthem for another country or anything. That's fair. MC, is, was that you? No. Did you text that in? No, but I'm not sure why you're singing. Well, there's one here for you. Copes, I'm with you on the New Zealand anthem. There's a clip from the 2011 World Cup final at Eden Park that I go back to every six months from Rop. Yeah, electric, he said. How good. And you know what? It, it's just an appreciation for emotion, the, the buy-in, the whole country and what that means to them. Uh, but it's not, um, you know, I'm still standing there wanting Australia to win those games. It's, it doesn't change that. It's just an appreciation. Uh, but look, we're going to get into a few more of your texts this morning. We want to know, what do you think about uh, playing test match cricket for four days? Lionel's text in, why stop at four <laughs> days? Uh, extend the NRL and move cricket off all together. I couldn't do all year round NRL. <laughs> Even you couldn't do that? No. No. I mean, you'd have to work all year round. Correct. Yeah. Well, I know cricket is essentially all year round. Mm. It is, yeah. For cricket around the world and different T20 comps. Yeah. And uh, obviously the Australian cricketers are playing all year round. Um, do you watch it all year round? Yes. I'm a cricket nuffy, mate. I'll watch it every day of the week. I'll, I'll cover it a test match, and then go home and watch tests in the other side of the world yeah, yeah. or a T20 match or whatever. Nice, nice. Uh, the Greenkeeping Rooster, Morning Trent and Michael. Uh, by the way, my, my wife doesn't love that, <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately. Uh, morning Trent and Michael, I love the idea of four-day test matches with the advent of T20 cricket and scoring rates have naturally increased in test matches. <laughs> Another element I would add is get rid of the red ball and use pink ball so we can play through bad light. Interesting point of view. Do you, what do you think about pink ball v red ball? Oh, you know the nuances, but nuances better than me. Um, it's just treated leather versus genuine leather. So treated leather, the pink ball, and the, the deterioration means that it then just becomes. It's like a bowling machine ball, mm. just goes straight, doesn't swing. Yeah. Um. So it, it still needs improving. Whereas a red ball, you know, on abrasive surfaces. Like, essentially, the answer is we could only play pink ball test matches at two venues in Australia, I think, all year round. Okay. Um, or not all year, all summer. Yeah. Because other wickets like the SCG, it, it would just tear it apart and it wouldn't sustain it. Which, so, which two? So, Gabba and Adelaide. Yeah, Gabba and Adelaide. Yeah. Potentially Hobart. Okay. Um, but even that, that's pretty hard down there, um, the pitch and the surface. So... I think red ball needs to stay a part of it. We've got to have some sort of coping mechanism or improvement of lights that make it uh, a possible, you know, so that at three o'clock and the clouds are over, yeah. that we're not off the ground. Yeah, um, anyway, uh, Jimmy doesn't actually believe in four-day test matches. He's got a rant to fill up three hours each day. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. He's just ranting. I, look, that's harsh. It, it, not ranting. He came with a viewpoint that he'd researched um, there was no name on that text, but so please uh, add in your names to your text as they come in. But uh, look, Jimmy does have to fill up three hours, as mm. we do, yep. and we need to have opinion. That's what we're all here for, um, and everyone's opinion is welcome. 0457 736 736, whether we agree with it or not.
And you know, that's part of life. And Jimmy can defend himself after midday. So if exactly. you want to get back and write a reply, get back to Jimmy. I mean, he's a regular. We're in here. As hacks. <laughs> he, he, he can have the last laugh. That is for sure. Jimmy's back today from midday. Uh, and we're here for Bryden's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Bryden's lawyers. Stay with us in just a moment. We're going to have Dennis Carnahan in the studio with us. SEN Summer Brekkie, we are powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It is Trent Copeland and Michael Karianis with you this morning. And we have a special guest in studio, yeah. MC. Uh, it is Dennis Carnahan with Cricket the Musical back for 2024, pushing the boundaries of the spirit of cricket is the show. Dennis, good morning to you. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. It's a little bit early, <coughs> but that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit early. Bit early I've just singing. got eye shot at Jimmy Smith as well. <laughs> He's Jimmy waiting Smith. for you. He's come in. He's come in with hot, his baseball bat. Hot off the press <laughs> on the opinions of four-day test cricket. A healthy uh, rebuttals of opinion. Jimmy, you will have the last laugh at midday. So. <laughs> Speaking of hilarious things, Uh, uh, we have Cricket the Musical. And Dennis, you've been doing this show for a long time. Yeah, Um, this this will be the fifth or sixth year, except um, COVID kind of got in the way of a couple of them. That's true. But yeah, so it's it's developing, it's growing, and the story keeps changing as well. Yeah. I have to keep updating it all the time. You obviously do a a rugby league version, which which I've been to. And you uh, refuse to go to the cricket one because you're a rugby league only kind of guy. Is that right? No, one, once a year of Dennis is enough for me. But um, what's harder or which, which gives you more content, rugby league or cricket? It's very different content. Like rugby league is straight up pantomime. It's straight up villains, he's behind you, slapstick kind of stuff and all the off-field things that happen. It has so much more just pantomime drama, whereas cricket is a much grander, it's, it's like Night at the Proms kind of pantomime. And the, like, I, I was thrilled with... Um, um, the Ashes this year, mm. like the the amount of drama in that. There wasn't people, you know, rushing off into cubicles doing straight. It's, it's not like chess in China where people are, you know, <laughs> defecating in hotel rooms. Yes, like yes. that's got to have a musical. Yes, cricket doesn't have that side of it, which rugby league has in Spain. Maybe Trent's got a few stories for you that. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to hear them, Trent. Yeah, I'm sure you would, uh, Dennis. You've got you've got a few beauties, so nice that segue. was a perfect segue into uh, getting a few. Songs up for us today. So you got you're going to play a couple for us. Look, I'll have a go. The show's in a couple of weeks, and yep. so I like to write. Th- I like to let as much creative time as possible. So usually it's written the night before. Oh, um, I love that. So there's some segments of songs that I'll play for you because they're not quite uh, ready yet. Great. But this is. I'm going to take you back. Picture yourself. It's the end of day four, in Test match number four in England. Australia's won the first one. Just got home in the second one. Lost the third one. And it's ended. And at the end of day four, England are. Bazballs on top of the world. They're proud. There's moral victories going everywhere. <laughs> and it looks like there's actual victories. And uh, this is a little song I wrote at that moment. Can you hear the guitar there? I hear the palms whimpering tonight As they hear many whispers of tomorrow's precipitation Looks like it's raining on day five And English wins inevitable If they get some play in 
If rain stops any day five play Ironically that English rain could bring Australia towards salvation But now the English try to say The moral victory will have to do For Australia to win the ashes a draw will do but to win them, England must win more than only two. I bless the rains down in Manchester. I bless the rains down in Manchester. Gonna force a straw, a draw. Australia will retain the ashes. Ooh. Nice start. Oh, moral, moral victories in the ashes. Doesn't get more topical than that. Uh, Piers Morgan will be all over this. Well, Piers Morgan's actually, the first line in verse two is Piers Morgan cries out in the night. Love putting that over the top of the wild dogs cry out in the night was the original line. So <laughs> I love that. that I could have done that high pitch. I wish you had, you. Michael, because it's very early for me to go. <laughs> that sort of range. Uh, give, us, give us another one. We were talking about uh, maybe some lost baggy greens. Yeah, look at this one. This is only sort of half written. That's, that's the story of my life. Perfect. <laughs> I'm trying hard just to find it My baggy, my baggy I think someone stole it I've lost my baggy green Oh, my baggy green I've lost my baggy green And now it's gone, gone, gone Whoa, whoa, whoa So that one obviously will go on a little more. <laughs> and I think you get the is, idea of that. Is that called an ode to Davey? Yeah. Well, there's a couple of odes to Davey. See, Davey actually appears in the show, or oh, a very close he? approximation of Davey. And now that Davey's retired, he's actually come out, and he and I have sat down, and we've written a song all about what happened in that dressing room in South Africa oh, all those years ago. Oh, a tell-all. Okay. It's a tell-all. I, I could do it if you want, but it's, it is, you know. it's, it's Give it's, us a snippet, okay. yeah, just before you go. Okay, I'll give you a snippet. How's it go? I think it's going to be in uh, there. Every move I make Every step I take Any time at all that I've got the ball They've been watching me <laughs> Every camera man Watching my bandaged hand Cause the sappers think I'm ball tampering So they're watching me Oh can't you see I think they're on to me Cause my ball managing Is getting early reverse swing <laughs> You've only played eight games Nobody knows your name this is what we'll do, throw the ball to you, then I'm watching you. Hide a small piece of sandpaper in your pants, pull it out, rough the ball up, when you get the chance. Beat a screech, you won't get a second glance, get it swinging and we'll make the sappers dance. Come on Cameron, do it for the team. Nicely done. Oh, it's very good. 
and, Thank and, you, Michael. And the, and the best bit about the show is that um, you still make errors on the show, right? When you're performing, you forget the, you forget the words. Sometimes you forget the words. Oh, that's possible. That happens. That does happen. That yeah. does Just happen. like you when you're rolling punchlines out of your joke. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it does happen. It does happen. Uh, so tell us about the show, mate. It's Cricket the Musical. Um, you've got a show in St Kilda on Saturday, Feb 10, and then the Bridge Hotel in Roselle in Sydney, Monday to Wednesday, Feb 12, 13, and 14. That's right. So the show, it's, it's, it's a, it's a one man show, um, <laughs> but I come out as, as in the rugby league one, mm. I come out as impersonations of actual people like Wayne Jr. Pierce and, and, uh, Peter Beattie, Jared Maxwell, Peter Beattie, Jared Maxwell, Cooper Peter Beattie's been dumped, Cooper Cronk. He's been axed. He's been axed. Nobody knows who Peter Beattie is anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in cricket and music, I come out as, as grander concepts. So the MCC comes out, the embodiment of the MCC channel nine comes yes. out and sings some songs lamenting how much better it was when. Cricket was on Channel 9. Yeah. Um, there's also 1982, who puts a perspective from someone from the 80s on the current players. Uh, his big song is is Stevie, parts okay. one, two, three, and four. That's that's his major one. There's also, there's a new character this year. I'm really excited. He's got a big white beard, long white hair, white robes and pads. His name's the Spirit of Cricket. Ah, now he's very good. He's not happy because his name has been taken in vain by people who are unable to just simply stay in their crease. <laughs> and, that's, and that's the spirit of cricket's main point is you stay in your crease. That's the game. You protect your castle. You don't go wandering off down the pitch. Uh, I've got a challenge for you. Oh, please. We need a Trent Copeland song at some stage. Well, I've got to say, Trent Copeland was this close to being in the show. Cool. Really? Oh, I've been so taken by his commentary and by the gangliness. So I had this costume. <laughs> the gangliness. <laughs> Perfect. This, I love that. I had this costume lined up. Where I was actually got some tradies boots that have extensions on them. So give me an extra foot of height and, and wooden hands through a giant suit. But because I then went from doing actual people to concepts, conceptually, Trent Copeland's a person. I can't do him as a concept. You could. I could. Maybe I could. A Trent Copeland song. Yeah, I, okay, I fully encourage it. <laughs> Take the mickey as much as you want. It is fully encouraged. It's been a privilege to have you in singing a few of your songs. It's Cricket the Musical, season 2024, pushing the boundaries. Again, those shows in St Kilda in Melbourne, Saturday, February the 10th, the Bridge Hotel in Roselle, Sydney, Monday to Wednesday, February 12, 13 and 14. Dennis Carnahan, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me in here. Bye, Michael. Bye. I'm very respectful to you, <laughs> Michael. I'm not sure that's worthy either. <laughs> yeah, no. Or reciprocated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> very good. We are here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness, contact Brighton's Lawyers. Stay with us. The last half hour is all yours. The lines are open. Give us a buzz and have a chat. The open line, one 300 one